Hello and welcome back to the Leaders Who Love What They Do podcast. Welcome to a very special series it's called Elevate Your Energy and I'm delighted to bring you this short series. It's going to be about five or six episodes over the next uh, few weeks and we're going to be looking at why we have a problem with energy and what we can do about it. So before we dive in, let's just, uh, just I'm just going to introduce myself a little bit for those people who haven't heard me before. I'm Anne Collins and I'm a leadership coach and I help successful senior leaders to rethink purpose in their careers, to move forward into their next role with clarity and to start living their legacy right now. And when I'm working with these leaders, recently I've noticed that a number have come to sessions and have talked to me about feeling tired. Now, obviously feeling tired can be can mean very different things to different people. And I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about just being a bit overworked although that could be part of it I'm talking really about an emotional fatigue about feeling really demotivated the kind of the kind of tiredness that sleep doesn't actually fix and these are people who are really you know they're doing all the things they're doing all the they're doing the yoga they're doing exercise they're meditating they're eating healthily and they're still not they're still not shifting that feeling of feeling tired of lacking energy what they say is that they want they want more energy they want to feel energized now when i when i ask people why they think that is People mention lots of different things. Of course, this year we talk about the pandemic, about the fear of, of the unknown, in effect, the uncertainty of the future and the anxiety and all of these things that are um, in our world at the moment. And certainly, I think that has definitely affected a lot of people. And we know that from uh, from various studies that that have been done. But I'm I'm thinking that really well before COVID, we still had this problem. So, yes, I think that is part of it. But I think there's something there's something there that we can dive into and really look at maybe in a slightly different way, which is what I'd like to do in this series of podcasts. So. Firstly, you know, when you do all the things like the yoga and the exercise and you're eating really healthily and and that's that can that can really help. And it does. And it does for some people. And sometimes, though, it, it just doesn't, does it? It, it works and, and then it doesn't maybe or it just doesn't work. And and for some people, they just have this feeling that something isn't right. And sometimes then it becomes it becomes a kind of a bit of a vicious circle that we can be pushing ourselves to do all the right things. But in fact, we don't get the long term change that we want. So that's what I would like us to have a little look at today. The fact that why pushing through doesn't work, why pushing, pushing to do the right thing doesn't work and pushing through the problem doesn't work either. First of all, a little disclaimer, I am not a medical doctor, as you all know. And if if you do think that this is a medical problem, obviously you need to see the doctor. This is, I'm not talking about medical a medical issue. And of course, tiredness can be a symptom of many things. So if you are worried about your health, then please do seek medical advice. So in this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look at what we believe the solutions are to this problem. So because we often we often think, OK, I'm feeling really tired. 
um, I'm feeling emotionally drained, therefore I need to do X, Y and Z. And we tend to really believe those solutions because they're things we've come back to. Maybe it's a habit that we've we've uh, we've we've fallen back on this on this one solution. And so we go back to it in the hope that it works. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But what's important is to notice what are those what are those solutions that we're going back to perhaps a little bit too automatically. Because this is important because what we believe is the solution also tells us what we believe the problem is about. And I'm going to be thinking about that a little bit in a moment because we want to look at that gap. We want to look at essentially the gap between what we tend to believe is the solution and therefore what we tend to believe the problem is being caused by. And then also what we know, what we know about it now from research and if we can hopefully try and align those, those few things together. So firstly, what we believe is going on, what do we believe is behind all of this? So when I ask people, people tell me, well, I need more me time. So this is quite a common one. People say, I need more me time. I need more, I need to be more productive to have more time for me. And so the belief behind that, I suppose, is that time is the problem. Time management is the problem. But it's also hiding other beliefs and thoughts that don't help us potentially. So uh, we're going to look into that more in more detail in the next episodes, which is which is very interesting. So essentially, often when I talk to when often when I talk to people and myself, too, I would say that we tend to focus on time. So we think, well, if I'm feeling really tired, feeling exhausted, it's because I don't have enough time for me. So why doesn't that work when we try to, we make more time for, for, for us, we make more time for me time, we add in those extra activities and why, why doesn't it always work? Sometimes it does, but why doesn't it always work? Well, to know that we need to look at what that emotional fatigue is. Some people would call it burnout and um, I'm a bit reluctant to use that term. Um, I think it can be on various different levels and uh, so I'm going to stick with emotional exhaustion. So in 1975, Herbert Freundenberger, and I hope I've said his name correctly, did some research on this. He's a, he was a psychologist. And he, he said that there were three main causes of this emotional fatigue or burnout. He said, firstly, emotional exhaustion was really the key to it. And he said you could really see that burnout was... Um, was present by the fact that people, they, their ability to be empathetic towards others decreased and they became, they became distracted and disconnected to other people. And they also had a sense of futility. So these three things, this emotional exhaustion, this depersonalization, he called it, and a sense of futility were the three things that he identified as being the, uh, the symptoms of burnout or that emotional fatigue. And with this, I'd just like to say that I'm drawing on a very useful history outlined in a book by Emily and Amelia Nagovsky, and it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And I will put the reference in the show notes. It's a very, very interesting book um, if you would like to know more about more about the detail. And I'm going to be referring to to their work um, as they draw on a lot of psychology um, 
studies. So recent research that they cite says that emotional exhaustion has a particularly negative impact on our lives. Now, that's not not um, difficult to imagine, is it really? And I think we can all easily find examples of this. Um, for me personally, I can think of one very, uh, very difficult period of time as a senior leader in a school with a high teaching load. And I was leading directly a team of 20 people, but supporting a staff of 60 and supporting on an individual basis, 30 families, plus teaching groups of children with specific needs. And to top it all off, I was also pregnant with my first child. So that was, I would say it was physically exhausting, but it was also emotionally absolutely exhausting. And I've never known really probably emotional exhaustion like it. I felt absolutely empty at the end of every day. Physically, emotionally, it was an effort that felt superhuman to get up and do it every day. And the weight of responsibility on my shoulders felt absolutely out of proportion to the reality and I, I had I had built up this pressure this pressure in my mind about the responsibility um, the 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 expectations um, the the emotional the emotional part of the job had become so much and I felt that there was there was just there wasn't any more of me to actually give and guess what? What did I do? Well, this is the interesting part because, well, did I ask for help? Well, I did a little bit. But did I try to change my thinking about the situation? No, I didn't. What I did was I decided to guess what? To get organised. Because I believed that if I created more time, if I could be more organised, more efficient, get my systems in place, um, get uh, get get my paperwork better organised, if I could if I could be more efficient and be be able to just fit in more into the day, that would that would free me up with time and energy, and I would therefore be less tired. Of course. It did work to a, a certain extent, but not really because I hadn't changed my way of working. I hadn't changed my way of thinking, essentially. I hadn't changed my idea around what it really meant to be a leader, in fact, in that situation. I hadn't, I hadn't done the real work, in fact, on, uh, in terms of what I believed the problem was, but also what I believed my role was. So it, it, it often goes much, much deeper than just needing to find, I shouldn't use the word just, but just able to find a bit of me time, which is what I hear lots of people saying. So what do we know from research? Well, it's not, not surprising that the research shows that, yes, finding, finding me time is not top of the list of the solutions that they suggest. And Emily and Amelia Nagoski, the, the book that I referenced earlier, um, propose three solutions. So they say that firstly, the most important solution is to find better connection with ourselves and with others. Secondly, rest and moments to re-energize. And thirdly, self-compassion. And by that, I understand that to mean that we're able to ask ourselves, well, what do I need? That's not in terms of time, but what do I need much more generally and much more specifically in a sense to this role? What do I need? So how do we do this? 
Well, we need to change our thinking and we need to really reevaluate what we believe when we look at the solutions that we suggest to ourselves. So when we hear ourselves saying that we need to be more organized, more efficient, have more me time, let's just look at that again. Maybe that is the solution, but maybe it's not. Maybe we need something a bit different and maybe we need to think in a different way. So through self-awareness, this is the easiest way and it's going to be the, and the quickest to, to really find the solution that's going to be good for us because the solution that's right for me is not probably going to be the same solution for you. And one of the ways to do that, a quick way to do that, is learning how to stand back from ourselves and from our situation and look at ourselves and, and everything that's around from a fly on the wall perspective. So I'd like you to try this for yourself and I'd like you to think of a time, um, time right now in your life where you're thinking that uh, you would you would like to have more energy, you would like to feel less tired. Think about think about the circumstances around that. And I would like you to really imagine yourself as the fly on the wall, looking back at yourself. So you can see you, you can see the situation around yourself and then can you see it any more clearly? What do you actually need in that situation? And very practically, what is it? What do you need to change also about the way that you are thinking about your situation? If that's difficult, then try thinking about what would your what your best friend would say to you. And that can sometimes help to give you that distance. And if you've listened to my Inner Voice series, I talk a lot about this, about getting, being able to get a distance, being able to create a distance. And if you're interested in that, I would suggest you go back to those um, episodes. You'll find them on the podcast just before this. And uh, go back to those and re-listen to the one about creating distance. Because what happens when we do this? Well, when we are able to look more objectively at ourselves, when we're able to see the, the problem more clearly, the solutions that we propose to ourselves match more closely. So if we need more energy, we know that we can, we can diagnose where we, need to, where we need to change things, where we need to look more closely, where we need to analyse and we can create it. There's another, there's another very important outcome to this though. When we start building in this self-awareness and to not jumping into a, a solution that becomes an automatic reaction, we give ourselves the possibility to grow, which is really exciting. Because as we understand our problems better, the solutions become better, they become more effective and they become generally more expansive. They give us more options, they give us more, we get more ideas around things that we could try. We're not stuck on one idea, one problem, one solution, because we're not a one size fits all either. What worked last year to help us with this problem might not be the same solution for this year. So it gives us that freshness, that ability to see things with, with, uh, with new eyes. Finally, I think, and the most important thing is that we stop forcing and pushing through. Because when we, when we force ourselves, when we force ourselves to do all the things, okay, we think we must do this, we should do this. And listen out if you're using the word should, that's, uh, that's often a little alarm bell that we've talked about before. When you're using that word should, 
then we're pushing, we're forcing. But if we're able to create that distance, look back at ourselves and see the problem with greater clarity, we can create a solution that is not going to feel like a lot of effort because it's going to be the right one. It's going to be something that's actually going to help. So the solution, therefore, it's easier. So we get results more quickly and it's more effective and it's less effort. So it all sounds a bit too good to be true, doesn't it? But uh, and it is in a sense because there's another ingredient that does make this slightly more interesting, I would say. And in the next episode, we're going to dive into this in more detail, because what we also need to do is we really need to uncover the reason why we return to solutions that don't help us in the long term. Why are we holding on to those thoughts? Why are we coming back to those habitual responses that don't actually serve us? Why are we forcing? What does that, what are we believing? What are the thoughts there that are not help us? Because it is absolutely possible to change our thinking. Absolutely. And those shifts don't have to be very big. I was just talking to a client this week who, who absolutely hit the nail on the head when they said, It's the little shifts that make all this difference. And it really is. It's the little changes in thinking that can lead to very, very big differences. And this difference between feeling like we're pushing and forcing and making so much effort, um, but not actually seeing the changes that we want to a small shift that can have a big impact with a solution that's much, much easier. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to know more about working with me, then do please visit my website. It is bluebottlecoaching.com. That's bluebottlecoaching.com. And I'd be delighted if you joined me for the next episode when we're going to be looking a little bit more into these beliefs behind the solutions that we are holding on to. Well, enjoy your day and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye bye.